Hi guys, welcome to episode 4 of my podcast. Um, this edition is Dan Zeren, a, a comedian from Iceland who suffered from, who does suffer from Tourette's, also had big mental health issues, checked himself into a psychiatric unit but managed to change his life around. I hope you enjoy this, I hope this helps you guys. Um, please watch it, inspire from it. If you're watching us on YouTube, please subscribe. If you're listening to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google, whatever, just follow us, spread the word and remember no two days are the same. Dan, thank you very much for joining me, um, taking time out on this <laughs> midnight, whatever day it is, I've even lost track of days here at the moment. Firstly, apologies for yesterday, I had some technical issues, but it's great to have you on. We touched base, I think it was a few weeks ago on Facebook and I found your story very inspiring. Before we go into your story, for the viewer and the listener that might not be aware of you, could you just tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from what and what you do? Yeah, of course. Well, um, so basically, uh, my name is Dan. I I live in uh, I live in Iceland. I, I'm from the states. I moved here about four years ago. No, and uh, basically, what I've been doing lately is uh, I've been doing comedy for the past few years, and I started up a show recently called My Voices Have Tourette's, and it's basically a uh, st- stand-up comedy show uh, that features comedians with disorders and syndromes as a way of raising awareness in a, a fun way. Uh, and basically all, all of us that perform in the show, uh, we each have, uh, disorders and syndromes, but it's also, uh, kind of inspiring in the sense that all of us have struggled with these things. All of us have had issues throughout our lives with, uh, the, the various things that we have. Uh, like for me, example, I, I have Tourette syndrome, which explains well, why every once in a while it sounds like I'm still going through puberty. Uh, but yeah, and, uh, it's, it's not, I mean, I haven't exactly had the easiest time de- dealing with having it, but this show has just, it, it, it's amazing how much it's helped. And, 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 and that's one of the reasons I found you so inspiring with what you had and how you got to where you get to. And hopefully by the end of this whole conversation, we are, you going to have, I'm hoping it's going to inspire others as well. So let's, let's, let's go into your story, really what we discussed via Facebook messenger. Let's go through what you suffered, how you, let's go. I just want to really go into your whole kind of story of your mental health and your, your Tourette's and how it had an effect on you. So let's start from the beginning and let's give a whole insight into that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how much time do we have? Geez. We have, we have, we have hours and hours. Right. Well, so basically, uh, I mean, I, I, I first, uh, started having ticks, uh, from as far as I can remember, I was about eight or so years old. Let me just stop you there. Ticks. Now, somebody that doesn't know what ticks is. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean with Tourette syndrome, basically the way it works is, uh, like we have these, uh, they're, they're called ticks. So like, for example, with my voice, uh, squeaking, uh, or like I have, uh, like I have, uh, like my hand shakes like this. A lot of the times, uh, I have ticks where like my, my hand will do this type thing. Uh, and it's just, uh, uh, and actually, uh, something to bring up because this is kind of a miss, uh, uh, construed thing uh, or misunderstood thing about uh, Tourette's that there's there's a there are two kinds of ticks that I would describe. Basically, there are um, conscious and un, like uh, what's what's the word? I've been living in Iceland long enough that I'm actually forgetting English. This is incredible. Um, but like yeah, there's like uh, subconscious and then there's conscious ticks. So some of them uh, they're just they happen. There's I have no control over the over them. Uh, like my hand shaking that just happens and I have no idea when or why it's going to happen. 
And then there are other ones where it's kind of like OCD. So it's like, well, like with, with my vocal tics, for example, sometimes I do feel them coming on before they happen. Uh, and uh, so I, I have a, a certain level of control, but if I don't do them, I actually end up feeling more uncomfortable than if I actually do them. So, so it's, uh, and, uh, so to, to kind of gear into, uh, to the struggle a bit, well, this, well, when I was a kid and I, I started, uh, realizing that I had ticks, I didn't know what they were. I didn't know why they were happening. Uh, I just knew they were happening. And so I did what something that's very common with people with Tourette's, which is I tried to suppress them. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, so what that would mean is, uh, I would, so like, uh, the muscles like in my neck and around my shoulders, I would try to tighten those, uh, as much as possible. And that would basically, uh, mean that, uh, like when I do the, the this thing, for example, it would, instead of being like, it would be more like, like very quiet. Uh, but the problem with, with tick suppression is it actually causes a lot of physical pain because of all of the stress on your body, just constantly, constantly going, uh, it causes physical pain. And, uh, I know. So I ended up, uh, suppressing, I would say 90 or percent more of the ticks that I had for, uh, most of my life about, uh, it, I think it was about, uh, I counted it today. It was like 16 or, or so years, uh, 16 or 18. And, um, I, uh, I mean, even until, uh, last year, I would say I was still suppressing a lot of them. Um, but, uh, I guess, you know, with, with this show, I, I just basically decided I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to stop suppressing them. And the moment I stopped suppressing them and just let them happen, that's when people started going, you know, I mean, it's not really that bad. And I, I went, you know, well now they know. So I really have no reason to suppress them because the reason I was suppressing them was because I was worried of how others would react. But now that they know there's well, really no need for me to do that. And, uh, I, I mean, well, like, uh, I, you know, with, with the, the ticks themselves, I've, I've had most of my suffering has been from, uh, well, the feeling of embarrassment to the, the feeling of just not belonging to, uh, the fact that I, I actually was not diagnosed with Tourette's until I was about 20 or 21 years old. So I went all of those years just kind of feeling like a freak. I'm not, and can I can yeah. I just uh, can I just ask you at that point when you're saying feeling like a freak was that society making you feel like that or was it all just in your own mind? Oh, was that? I mean, it was it was absolutely a combination of both of those, mostly society, because I, I mean the way that that people are, and especially at a young age, having that thought of being picked on in school, uh, it 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 just did. I I didn't feel like I like I was normal. I didn't feel like I belonged. And, uh, I mean the, and the thing that's, that's, uh, but, uh, but I mean, you know, the thing about, about, uh, overcoming these things is, uh, that, and one of the reasons why I love talking about this stuff and why, you know, I, I, anytime someone asks me, I'm always happy to talk about it is because I think the thing about it is the more you learn about it, the, the better you feel. I mean, I've done so much research about Tourette's just in the past year that, I mean, there's so much information that, you know, I didn't even think of, you know, a lot of people with Tourette's have, like, we have internal tics. So, like, uh, I have things where, like, um, uh, like uh, I'll constantly be trying to, like, clear my throat by, you know, kind of, like, uh, 
what's the way of putting it? Like building the saliva back up as if you're going to spit it out, but I don't actually spit it out. And then it gets really annoying and irritating and I end up coughing. Uh, and then there's uh, other ones where like, you know, there are similar things to muscle spasms. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, kind of fascinating that, you know, these are parts of it that people don't know about. And, uh, the moment I started learning what things actually were, I learned how I could actually work with that. And of course, humor definitely helps as well. Of course. So when you real, when you were going through this phase of not phase, well, in that part of your life, sorry, when you were, when you, when you felt like that and you felt society were not accepting you and you were having all these kind of thoughts, how, how, how did it affect you from a mental point of view? How did it make you feel? Where, where were you from a mental point of view in that period of your life? Um, I mean, I think the I think the 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 main thing that I was I was feeling mentally well, was just uh, it was mostly confusion and trying to figure out how to get rid of it uh, because you know because of that that uh, idea that that I I wasn't like everyone else and I had these things that I couldn't control I got I kind of got into that mindset of I just I just have to figure out a way to get rid of them. Um, but, uh, you know, and actually it's, it's an interesting thought because there is, well, like I would say the most terrifying, uh, ticks that I have is I actually get, um, uh, first of all, I get, I get depression as a tick. So it just, it'll come on for about five minutes and then it'll leave or it'll happen for like an entire day. And then it'll leave. Uh, even if I'm having the most amazing day ever, uh, I get, uh, it's kind of the way I would describe it is I get the symptoms of sadness without actually getting the sadness. I'm never actually sad. Uh, but the the more terrifying one than that is I actually get intrusive suicidal thoughts. And so so with with those with those ticks, I mean, uh, I kind of, I mean, over the years, as, as soon as I started realizing that this wasn't going away, because I think that's the most important thing for people to realize when they have something like this, it's not, not necessarily how can I get rid of it, but whereas try to think of, it's here. So, and it's not going anywhere. So instead of being, you know, down about it, what can I do about it? So with the suicidal thoughts, I thought, thought, well, instead of thinking it as, as a serious thought, something that I seriously want to do because it wasn't something I wanted to do. I thought, well, I, I was thinking I, I love horror movies. So I was like, instead of that way, maybe I'll think I just happen to be playing the main character and the show started without my knowledge. And it's just like, Oh, sucks to be that guy. You know, and uh... Uh, one thing I'll tell you, Dan, because I suffered from anxiety a very long time. I, I, I didn't suffer from suicidal thoughts. I suffer from a different form, but I studied this for a few years. Thoughts are just thoughts. Oh, yeah. Um, I met, I met, I met a, a very, uh, uh, not a very fair, but I met a counselor once um, in, the, in England. And he said to me, have you seen a Quentin Tarantino movie? I go, I have. He goes, have you seen how like extreme that movie is I go yeah he goes he thought of all that it doesn't oh, mean yeah. he is all that I go you know what that's true you, the problem what you have is when you get anxious and depressed is there'll be a thought which is uh, it could be uh, the uh, the fear of losing someone the fear of money uh, loss of life and once you that thought scares you and you start giving that thought importance the more the thought keeps coming and because it's going on in your head you think it's you thinking that thought when it's not. Thoughts are just clouds. They just come in and out. You could watch. You could watch. Um, 
a football match and see somebody scoring a goal and visualize yourself doing that. But again, you will just think it will just pass by. But because it's a scary thought, the thought then kind of keeps playing in your head, and you're thinking, "Why am I thinking that? Oh my god!" And then you're kind of interact, not interact, well, engaging with the thought, and then it kind of um. Uh, you're, you're engaging with the thought and then it kind of uh, propels from there. I'm going to come to the thoughts s- slightly further down. What White knows. So when, when you realise, right, you're getting depressed, you're not fitting into society. At what point did you realise you had a problem and what did you do to, to deal with that problem? Oh, I mean, I, I, I oh, you were, you were talking about something and I had, I had a really good thought on what you were saying because I thought that was a really good, uh, uh, a really good way of putting it, uh, but I, I forgot what it was. Uh, but right, but uh, I was gonna say though. Uh, I mean, in ter- terms of this, I I basically, I mean, when I was diagnosed at at about twenty or twenty one, that's when I kind of started. Uh, I mean, that's when I realized what I had, and I went, okay, this makes sense. Oh, it makes a lot of things make sense. Uh, but I didn't really take it seriously because it it just it was kind of like the mo- the moment the doctor said that there was no cure i just kind of uh went with okay that's kind of it when you're saying that when we're saying when you read that 20 are you talking about your Tourette's here now aren't you yeah 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 uh and the, the but uh the and i mean actually at this point uh i mean i have a, i have a list of, of of disorders that i have you know ranging from 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 Tourette's to to panic panic disorder, anxiety, OCD. I mean, and none of this stuff I actually knew about. Uh, I w- actually, until last year, last year I, uh, I decided to, uh, things got so bad that I just decided to check myself into a, a psychiatric ward at, at, at a local hospital. And, and, uh, it was there that they, they explained to me about panic disorder and, uh, about more about what OCD really is. And th- that was when I started realizing that, you know, there are options, there are things you can do. And I mean, one thing, for example, with, with panic disorder, I would get panic attacks all the time. I mean, very frequently. And, oh, I just remembered what the thing was. I'll, I'll remember it in a second, but I was going to say, uh, with panic attacks, well, like the biggest thing is to understand that it's, you're not going to die. Nothing's going to happen from it. It's kind of like your internal alarm system going off at the wrong moments. And it's uh, and the moment I realized just that I, I was able to catch them as they started and I could I could uh, kind of stop them from happening before they actually got anywhere. Because I said I basically said to myself, OK, this is not something that I should actually be panicking about. There's nothing to panic about. Hmm, this is just my my head going off at the wrong moment. And then I, I decided to distract myself by working on a project or uh, reading an article or, or doing something. And before I knew it, I didn't have a panic attack and it just didn't happen. And well, it's the same thing with Tourette's syndrome. It's the same thing with OCD, all, all these things. The moment you learn what they are, you can actually learn how to react to them. And the thing I was going to say from before, because I, I thought you made a really good point on this, is that you were talking about like putting things in the spotlight. And I, that is something that's so, so true about Tourette syndrome. And, uh, one thing that, uh, I've had people talk about, uh, to me is about the fact that the more you, you give a, well, the more, the more you give a thought, uh, airtime, the more it stays around and the more it keeps going with the depression and the suicidal thoughts. Uh, I always thought that that was just how I felt. 
So I just kept giving into it and I just kept giving it airtime and it kept being in the spotlight. And before I knew it, I would that like those ticks were happening so frequently that it just was getting out of control. And the moment I start, I like with the suicidal thoughts, the moment I started viewing them more as like mini movies instead of actual thoughts, they've been happening less frequently and they, they haven't been happening. Uh, and I, I haven't had to worry about them as much. The thing is, one thing I want the viewer and the listener, I want them to really understand is, and you've really highlighted this, which I respect you for, is there's no, there's nothing wrong in asking for help. There's nothing no. wrong. Nobody's going to put you in a straitjacket, wrap you up and put you in a room with four walls and that's it, you're in there for the rest of your life. So guys, if you're watching or listening, please understand this. Um, and the other thing is, which you've highlighted is, you fear the unknown. Once you get educated about something, you can't fear it which is very important and which what you did because yeah. if you're feeling OCD, you're feeling panic attacks, you're feeling uh, anxiety, health anxiety, depression, that's because you don't know what it is and then you're, you're, you're thinking the utmost extreme version of what's going to happen which is not going to happen. A lot of people are panicking. I used to have panic attacks and I used to, have, I used to be overweight and what used to happen was on my left side towards my heart, on my chest really, I used to get twitches because it was my left side, they think, oh, it's, the, uh, it's twitches, I'm having a heart attack, and my heart would start to race. It got to a point where I, was, I had a couple of these, and I thought, this is not, this is really extreme what I'm thinking, and what I did was then I started learning about it, I, learned, I, I got myself checked out, but people are scared to do that, and you have to get educated about what you're dealing with, unless you, otherwise you're going to come out for worse off, and in this podcast, we talk, real we're not going to talk fluff it if you don't deal with the situation you'll come off worse off but because of the power that in the internet like you've done done you can't educate yourself as well there are good stuff out there and the beauty of it is there are there are millions of success stories no matter what you're suffering from cancer to aids to anxiety to depression to 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 weight problem there are millions of success stories that you can read and inspire from oh yeah Oh, and you know that as well. You know, the internet can be a great place as well. Your your suicidal thoughts, which I really want to touch upon, is without kind of going touching, going too deep into this. How did you deal with that then? So you, you're having them. Were you then? Did you learn about them? Did you did did did, did when you went to the psych, psychiatric unit? Did they tell you about them? How did you kind of come to a point where you think you know what? I'm going to have these. They don't really affect me. Let it be. How did you get to that point? Um, well, I mean, I, to, to, to be honest, I, I, I start, I started really thinking about them. I mean, one of the reasons I went to the, well, the main reason I went to the psych ward was because I, I had actually, uh, I tried to kill myself and well, this was, I mean, this is something that, you know, when you, when you have these thoughts constantly every day for, you know, 15 or so years, it becomes tough to not give in. And, uh, so I, I mean, uh, I've, I've done it. I mean, unfortunately I've tried a ton of times. Um, it did teach me though, that suicide is one of the only things in life that it's actually better to suck at. Uh, there, there aren't many other things where if you're bad at it, that's actually better. Um, but I, I, you know, the thing is, uh, so I, I mean, that led me to going to the psych ward and it, the thing that kind of drove me to, uh, to work on it what was uh i i started seeing a therapist last year i've been uh i've been having sessions with her for for the past year and uh i mean she's incredible and she once said something to me that has really stuck 
And she was talking about it in terms of depression, but I've used it for a lot of things, which is like for, for depression, for example, uh, it's kind of, uh, especially in my situation where I'm not actually sad. She said to think about it as if it was a small child who just wants attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I've heard that as well. Sometimes yeah. I've heard it's like a bully that just keeps whispering in your ear. Right. I've heard that way of dealing with it as well. The thing is, when you when you start when you start actually paying attention to it, and you start going, okay, well, instead of think focusing on what it's saying, focus on, well, what it's saying. You know, like what is it actually saying? Not not how is it saying it, but what is it saying? So so with the with the the thoughts that I was having, I actually started uh, deciding. I was I was like, well, you know, all the times that I've had these thoughts. Well, why have they been happening? When have they been happening? How have they been happening? And I started thinking everything I possibly could about them. And that's when I just started realizing that they were just ridiculous and that they were just happening at random times. There was never anything that sparked them. There was never anything that started them. I, I would notice that there were times where I would have one and then it would and then five seconds later it would stop. And then five seconds after that, it, I would have a completely different one. And that's when I started talking to the therapist and realized that they were they were mental tics, uh, you know, thought intrusive thoughts. And when you you know, that's the thing when you st like I was saying before, when you start realizing that that something isn't actually the way you really are, you can actually start focusing more on, well, what do I do with it? What is is there anything I can learn from it? And that's why, you know, that. That's where I've, you know, started viewing them differently, and that's why that's helped so much. Also, uh, it's great the way you've, you've kind of gone into that because the reason you're panicking is, or you're, you're, you're worrying is, you're so far against these thoughts. You're so opposite to what you're actually thinking. That's why you're going into a state of panic or anxiety. Like, you know, why, why are you not panicking when you're thinking of flying with pigs? Because you're just so far that you think it's never. But because it's something that. Is, is spoken about a lot in media, the way the different things are affecting people in different ways, from money to jobs to relationships to the internet. People are just a lot more anxious and they're looking for quick answers and the pressures of life are a lot more than what they were 20 years ago, in my opinion. So when you're having these thoughts are just thoughts and you should never lose hope because you have not seen, you've not seen tomorrow. I know as bleak as it might look and you're going to think, oh, it's going to be the same day. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to feel the same. You actually haven't seen tomorrow and you should try to live in the moment. And the more people that try to do this, the better you'll, you, you, your life will become because you, I have fr I know certain people that are feeling that what happened, what will happen in 10 years time or what will happen in a week. Nobody knows. As much as you try to predict it or work it out in your head, nobody knows what's going to happen tomorrow or in a week. So it's best to live in the moment and take each step at a time. Because, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, and I was, I was, uh, I was just going to say uh, one thing that I actually I was thinking about this the other day, and it's something that I think is very important to to understand for people that that don't have uh, have mental health issues or, or a disorder or a syndrome. Uh, that the way I would describe uh, a lot of these things, is, and I describe this depression like this, uh, is it's kind of like taking a drug. You don't know when you're taking it. You don't know how long it's going to last. And the reason I say this is very important to think about is when a lot of people are trying to give help and they're trying to say, well, have you thought about just thinking positively? Have you thought of exercising? All those things. 
the thing is that they don't realize is that first of all, they actually are a hundred percent correct because when you actually take, like when, when you sit down and you actually try these things and you, and you're not just doing them to do it because someone else said it, but you actually do it because you want to, it's, it, you know, it, the thing is when you're, when like, for example, when I get a depressive episode, my entire thought process is completely different. So like, for example, when I, whoa, when I'm having an episode and, and, uh, uh, or like when I, for example, when I'm perfectly fine, I'm not having a depressive episode. If I'm having an issue, I have a list of friends I can contact and I know all of them will talk to me. One of them specifically, I talk to all the time, but when I'm having a depressive episode, my mind actually makes me believe that none of those people care. And it's, it's, and no matter what someone tells me while I'm having an episode, I, I honestly like my whole thought process is different. So when, when I, when I think of, Oh, just be optimistic when I'm not depressed, that makes perfect sense to me. But when I'm, when I'm depressed, it becomes tougher because I'm, I'm viewing things so differently. And I think that's the reason why so many people have a, a misunderstanding about what these things are is because they're viewing them from the way they process thoughts but not from the way the other person is. And the other thing is a lot of people are having an opinion on depression, anxiety, they've never suffered from it. So exactly. wake up, feel good, get great, fucking this, fucking that. And they've never done any of this. So you think, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but you're so far away from what actually the other person is going through. It's all good saying, wake up in the morning, go back. The, the best one is try to sleep more. How the fuck are you going to sleep more when, you, when you're that anxious? If you've ever been in hard anxiety, sleeping is the worst thing that can happen. You, it's, it's impossible to sleep, especially if you're overthinking as well. You're just thinking things. You can't. So I think even though everybody wants to say on it and they want to help, I think the more people that have suffered from it and, and, and talk about it, it will have a big positive impact. Which kind of brings me on to my next question, which you touched on there was, how important did you do you think it is to speak to someone about what you're going through and how did that help you? I know you just touched upon it there as well. I think, I think that, well, the thing about, the thing about talking to a therapist, for example, I think, I mean, I've always kind of had the same view of it and I kind of still do is I feel like having a therapist is, it's mostly starts because you don't have anyone else you can talk, talk to, or you don't have anyone you can turn to. And I, I mean, at least for me, this is my experience with it. I'm not saying this is for everyone, but I, I did it because I, I felt like there was no one I could speak to. And, uh, I, I felt like, uh, I, I needed someone. So I, I st started seeing the therapist and I mean, most of what I've gotten from it is basically, you know, venting about the things that I go through. And then, you know, from a medical side of it, she tells me, you know, you, these things might help, these things might help, or, you know, have you thought about it this way? Uh, I, you know, there are times where I felt that talking to friends has, has helped, uh, equally, but I, you know, I, I think the problem with these things is that sometimes we get in our heads that, that, uh, none, like no one will listen to us, but, you know, I mean, therapists are being paid to, so obviously they have, you know, a lot they can say on it. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of a, I, I feel like I just rambled through that entire thing and probably didn't make a lot of sense, but it's. Fine, because somebody will find it beneficial speaking to a therapist. Somebody will find it beneficial speaking to a friend. It's helped me a lot. Yeah. What I would say to anybody is try them both. Whichever works for you, go with it. Not everybody's the same. You might find it. And, and, and if you can't find somebody to speak to, in the modern day, there are apps like Meetup. 
that you can download oh, yeah. and find groups in your area or within a 10 mile radius that you can go and participate in or go and have these conversations in and the people that are suffering similar from you the internet is connecting a lot more people me and Dan 20 years ago would never have spoke we would never oh, have been yeah. able to contact each other I would never have known his story even exists and I think that as much as doom and gloom it looks out there it's not as doom and gloom as that there are a lot of positives going on there are so there's so many things to look forward to and there are, even medicine is is, is is from natural medicine to um traditional like uh, the, the pharmaceutical companies are progressing there's there's breakthroughs happening all the time 15 20 30 years ago depression anxiety would never have been talked about more people are talking about it more people are coming out about it and that's helping more people what advice would you give to yeah, sorry, sorry I, I just wanted to quickly touch up on one more thing on that. I just wanted to say, I think uh, more important just than simply uh, speaking to a therapist, though, or simply speaking to a friend, is I just think in general, uh, the biggest thing that has helped me out, uh, it, and this is this is why it's why my show is, has made such an impact, but it's just in general, I've noticed it with my friends as well, is just being open, just speaking about these things. I mean, I've gotten to the point where... Every time, every time someone posts something on Facebook saying that your problems don't belong on Facebook, leave that stuff to yourself. That irritates me. It does because you know, I mean, I've had times where I have shared a tremendous amount on Facebook and I've just said everything that I'm feeling, and it had two effects. Number one, I I lost people that were following my posts because people, you know, they don't care. It's fine, you know, whatever. But what what the other thing that happened was the people that did listen, they chatted with me, like they spoke to me. And even if they didn't, I felt better because at this point, everyone knows about it. And I, th I think that's why speaking out about things is so powerful because like, you know, I mean, when, like when me and my friends do the show and we get on stage and we go in front of a room of people we've never met before, most of our shows are for brand new people that have never seen the show we go in front of a whole room of people and we just start talking about, about everything that we have and about how we've reacted to it and how we've experienced it. And the result is we walk off stage going, well, shit, I mean, I just told a whole room of people. I, I have nothing to worry about now. There's no, I mean, all these people, they know. And it, at this point, after they know about it, if they if they pick on me for it or they say something rude, that's on them. That's not on me. Because then they already knew that this is what I had and they're just choosing to be an asshole about it. And and I think by speaking to people, what you'll realize is you're probably somebody that's suffering from even intrusive thoughts to anxiety, depression. You're scared that how is somebody going to judge me? Most of the time, somebody will give you a really good ear and oh, that yeah. will make you feel better. I had some really good friends around me. I would speak to them and they used to say, oh, it's fucking nothing that I used to think that as well. You think, oh, right, did you? Oh, wow. That must this One of the things that the listener and viewer needs to understand is the more you realise, the more people are going through what you're going through and come have come out the other end, you're on a straight road to You're on the road to winning because yeah. you're actually thinking, I'm the only one suffering from this. I'm fucking fucked. I can't get out of this. I'm... Uh, no, there are millions of people out there. Go on. There are certain forums that you can read on. People have said, yeah, I suffered from this for 20 years, but I did this and this has happened. And you should try it. i tell you something really interesting. When I used to have panic attacks, I started reading this um, uh, forum. I forgot the name of it. 
and this there was a person on there that said I used to have panic attacks and I started taking and he goes the reason you're having panic attacks is because your nervous system is weak because of stress and xyz so he goes you should take a vitamin b but not just a multivitamin a, a choline and insertol i think it's called and he goes you want to buy a vitamin b with just just specifically them two vitamin b's as soon as i started taking them i stopped having panic attacks but again yeah i'll i'll put the links for the people below you can buy this from anywhere it's it makes your nervous system strong so when you're having a thought or you're going to think i'm about to have a panic attack your nervous system doesn't break down to the point where you're going to go to the point of where your heart starts racing and you think oh my god i can't get this to stop yeah i was going to i was going to point out uh, i i actually was just grabbing this uh, i don't know if it'll show in my camera but this is the book that i read uh, I I got it in like a I have it in a pamphlet form just so I don't lose it, but and I can I can send you all the information. But this was just reading this short little thing. Like this is what they gave me when I was in the when I was in the psych ward, and they I mean just reading up about these things. You know I mean, you know, I, and I'm glad to hear that vitamins help for you because it's it's helped a lot of my friends as well. And I think that you know it's just the more you learn about these things, the more you can figure out what they really are. Magnesium, magnesium glycinate—one of the biggest nutrients that our bodies lack because we're eating processed foods. Um, a lot of the foods and chickens we're eating are, are steroided up and made overnight, and or we're getting, especially in the West, we're getting a lot of food which is packed, and by the time it's hitting your plate, it's about four or five weeks old. So a lot of the nutrients have gone, and magnesium glycinate. Uh, please anybody search and read about it. it stops the element of overthinking you will still have you will always overthink so that's something you can't stop but when you overthink and then it's going down to your nervous system and your heart starts to race and you're having a panic attack it stops that link happening and it makes your mind stronger i will put the link below for the one i have but read up on this don't take my word for this i want people to read up on this read up on this and educate themselves on these kind of things because it's the whole point of this is to educate you educate you and um, the more people like dan and i speak about this the more people that can get help and think you know what we can get out of this and we will get out of this and that's the key for this one of my last questions for you dan is why do you think mental health is is growing it's a growing problem i think i think honest honestly i think it's part of what i was talking before about but about every everyone just constantly saying don't talk about it this isn't like this is not something that needs to be shared this is just this is your problem deal with it on your own i think i think the problem like i mean i've 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 thought about this a lot is the fact that if we're not sharing about ourselves, if we're not telling people the real side of us, then what we're doing is we're repressing all of that inside and we're not getting any outlet. And that's when we start feeling that no one will listen to us. I mean, I mean, cause think about it. if, if I can't, if I can't post, you know, like, I mean, if I, if I try to, for example, if I try to kill myself and I, and I'm afraid to tell my friends on Facebook, I know it's, it's, it's much a large, much larger friend scale, but if, if I'm afraid to talk to people about that, then I'm, I'm going to keep like holding all of that in and it's going to, it's going to build and it's going to build. And that's one of the things about panic disorder is that panic disorder oftentimes starts very mild. It starts with just a small thing. But if it keeps getting energy and it keeps growing and growing before you know it, you, you've got full-blown panic to where you're afraid to leave your house. And uh, I, I, think, I think that's why things are, are growing on such a, a, a massive scale is, is because 
the the internet and and society are 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 telling people don't talk about these things when in reality we should be talking about these things because that's how we can understand them the internet um i think sorry not going with the internet the people shouldn't bottle things up no. like i said speak to someone if you don't want to speak to a friend speak to a psychologist counselor whatever you can't find one go and meet up and find other people that are suffering and speak to them please don't bottle this up nobody's going to judge you nobody's going to think you know you you're a weird person speak to someone and i'm sure you'll agree with me on this when you don't you you don't want to get to a stage of suicidal because that's when you've lost hope and you think this is it now you will hopefully not get to that stage because when you speak to other people and they can relate to you, you can relate to them and you get a bit of inspiration from them even it might be a success story it might be oh vitamins can help me oh i didn't know i could do that that that's the key here and i think that is very important and as regards to the internet do you think the internet is making things a lot worse especially i want to touch upon is instagram i see a lot of people looking at people <laughs> on instagram lives and thinking why is my life not like that or why have why have i not got that much popularity why has he got such a beautiful wife or husband and kids and they're in disney world and why is what what's your opinion on that i think people are just focused on the wrong things i i do i mean and i'm i'm say, saying this from experience i've done the exact same things i've looked at people and thought why am i not them why am i not them why am i not doing these things and that i i, I just kind of feel like that that thought process is what stops people from doing things i thought i think if you're just constantly talking about how if like if you're always describing someone's life as being better than yours you're always then by default, you're always saying that your life is worse than theirs, but it's not necessarily, you know, and I thought, I think, uh, you know, the, there, I had a guitar teacher when, uh, for like, it was like three months when I was in high school. And I remember I was really into this guitar player, Zach Wild, And he was, I was just obsessed with his playing. And my, my teacher said, okay, I want you to do this. I want you to go on your computer and I want you to type out this message. And basically what it said was uh, learning to play like Zach Wilde is a realistic goal. Having his record contract is not. And I printed that out and I put it on my wall. And every day when I was playing guitar, I would look at that that message. And I mean, it's uh, it, it, it is true because I could I, I mean, if I practice every single day and I, I did, you know, for for a very long time and, you know, like I could. I, I can't necessarily play like Zach Wilde because I stopped wanting to play like him. But at the same time, you know, in in practice, you can get the skill, you can get the training, you can get the ability. But the the drive to do some to this, uh, sorry, the drive to be that specific person makes no sense because you're not that person. And if you're just trying to be everyone else, you're missing a whole side of your life that could lead to something brand new. Yeah, and 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 I think people need to just look at the basics. Really, we 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 don't appreciate the basics in life: clothing, yeah. food, clean water. There's there's fucking wars going on there. The people are dying. You know, we're not appreciating that you have uh, you have a variety of f foods and drinks you can have. You know, this is really basic stuff. I'm not about you've got a color television, you've got Netflix. That is just we take that for granted. You know, we we've got internet, we've got mobile phones, we've got um, 
basics in life and I think we were always striving for more and more but not looking at what we actually have and on the surface everybody's life looks good but everybody is dealing with their own problems in their own way and that is yeah. a fact somebody could be dealing with relationship issues somebody could be dealing with marriage problems somebody could be dealing with money somebody could be dealing with a loss in life somebody could anything so do not think that it's only you that are suffering people suffer in different ways and one of the things that I, there's a very famous very very famous um, marketer um, called Gary Vaynerchuk from the states and he said something and it stuck with me forever and he said to me if i wake up and my family wakes up and they're breathing and they're alive i am pumped for the rest of the day that is a win win for me i don't give a fuck about anyone else they're alive i'm alive that's that's what it's all about and i think and i said you know what that is such a true fact because your life is a gift you can look at it from a religious point of view however you want to look at it you wake up is an actual gift in itself so what you do with that is up to you then we can sit there be depressed and think life shit or we can get up and try to make a change if you have suffered from depression or anxiety that means you have been suffering a long time without knowing and you've just come to a point where you've realized you've got this so you might have suffered 10 years 5 years 11 years 1 year it will take you 2-3 years to get better but once you are on that road to recovery each day will slowly slowly get better and better and it's like little drops in a cup eventually you will come out the other end do not get confused or think that this will you will which which I want to really highlight is whatever you've gone through it's never going to leave you that's with you now but how you what you how you deal with that and move on and use that in a positive way to help others or to to improve yourself thinking I'm never going there again that's the key yeah that is the key and anything you want to add in Dan from that uh one thing one thing I was I was going to say um and I I mean I'm you know, there's like someone, someone asked me the, uh, uh, recently someone, uh, they asked me about, you know, like the way I view, well, like, like, uh, I mean, when I go on stage and I talk about my, my tics and I, I talk about them in a funny way and I joke about them, they were wondering, you know, like how it was that I got into that mindset that I was able to do that. And I mean, because it's clearly made me so open about what I have and, and so freeing to talk about it. And I said, here's the thing. I mean, like. And, uh, I, you know, one, like one of the jokes I've been talking about lately and in, in how I came up with it is a joke involving the fact that I was walking down the street and my hand was shaking. And I thought instead of suppressing that tick, I would just put my hand in my pocket. But of course, then I'm walking down the street and my hand is shaking in my pocket and it looks really bad. And I, you know, <laughs> no. And I said, I, the thing is, I, you know, I just had this thought of, you know, I could, I could just go about my life looking at these things as negatives and I could be like, oh, this is, you know, oh, this is a terrible thing. You know, why do I have this? Why, why can't I get rid of it? Or I can go, I just looked fucking hilarious looking like I was masturbating while walking down the street and had no idea. That is hilarious. You know, and then and the moment I got these these thoughts and I just started saying, okay, well, instead of like everything that I have, when a new tick appears and I, I'm not used to it, I'll go, okay. Where's the humor? Where's the funny? Like, where is something about this that makes it cl makes it fun? Because the moment I start thinking about that stuff, it just all the bad ne negative thoughts about it go away. 
Like my mom was asking me because I have a tick that I do and I'll try to show it in the camera. Like uh, my my wrist is something like this. And I've uh, I've I've had that for a uh, a while now. And uh, and she was pointing it out. She was very upset or she was very uh, like uh, concerned for me because she said it looks very painful. And I said to her, it is it does hurt. But at the same time, it it like I feel like doing that kind of turns me into the evil witch from Snow White because I'm doing this and she does the same thing. And and my mom started started giggling. And I said, see, that's why I'm OK with this. Because the fact that you smiled and I smiled, where's the problem? You know? And I said, I said, that's that's my favorite, my my favorite medication with this stuff is just it's the mindset of how you view yourself is entirely is entirely up to you. And it is entirely the the route that you decide to take. And if you can look at things in a positive way and not in the negative way, then you will be so much better off. Hundred percent. Very true. I would also say is watch good stuff, you know, on YouTube, watch other people, success stories, watch motivational speakers. And you can find some really good stuff online to watch, which will kind of give you inspiration. I used to watch stuff before I used to go to sleep. Um, loads of people, you know, Tony Robbins, there's loads out there now that I can watch. See, it doesn't have to be Tony Robbins. See what works for you, what connects with you. It could be watching somebody that's, Oprah Winfrey, I don't know. Just watch good stuff that works for you. Dan, where can people find out about you? Where can they go to see more about fillers in? Uh, yeah, so uh, I have a, I have a, I have a bunch of places now. Uh, so I'm on uh, you. I have a, a Facebook page uh, at uh, I forget if it's Dan Zarin or Dan Zarin Comedy or Dan Zarin Page. Yeah, that one for some reason that's the only one I always forget about. But I'm uh, I'm on Instagram, your favorite. I'm on Instagram at Dan Zarin Comedy. Uh, I also have for my for my show, my voices have Tourette's. Uh, we have Facebook uh, slash my voices have Tourette's. Instagram at my voices have Tourette's. We have a Twitter uh, at MVHT Show. We have a website mvhtshow.com. Uh, that show is kind of probably the best place to figure out stuff about me because I'm sharing everything on that. Uh, I also uh, am managing a comedy club in Iceland, which is the the only comedy club in Iceland and just opened in May. Uh, it's it's not technically the first, but I'm gonna call it the first, even though it's not technically uh, because the other one was a failure. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it, but no. But uh, uh, we just opened that one. Uh, you can find us at thesecretseller.is or on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, just look up The Secret Seller and you'll find us. Dan, thank you. You are a true inspiration to people out there to do what you. you do, to do what you went through, to share your story, to come out of it on the other end, and then to inspire people. I take my hat off to you. You know, if there's more people like you in the world, the world would be a better place. Keep doing, so much, keep doing what you're doing. Everybody has good days. Everybody has bad days. No two days are the same. So keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure me and you will do something again in the future. But I cannot thank you enough for what you have said on here and how you're helping inspire others. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been a, a really wonderful talk. Thank you very much, Dan.